This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade. Try the all-new Tour Response, a tour-quality urethane ball that doesn't cost as much as a ball played on tour, only from TaylorMade. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to learn more. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. And good morning, golf fans, and welcome inside Golf Talk Canada, live on TSN 1050 as well. You can watch us on TSN 2 this morning. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. Mark Skino is going to be joining us in our next segment. Uh, he's at the Granite Club right now, a little fun initiative with Golf Ontario. We'll learn all about that here going forward, Where why Mark isn't here. And speaking of golf, did you get any golf this weekend, Bob? Uh, I did play a little bit, yeah. I had a couple of rounds out at, uh, in the heat. Boy, it's so hot, but it I is. noticed the temperature is going to break this week. Yes. So we're going to have some um, some lower heats and a little bit easier to get around. It's it's uh, It was smoking out there. I was running out of gas by the end of it, i got to admit. You know what? It's funny you mentioned the heat because, not to get all scientific and Bryson-y, because we'll have lots, <laughs> lots of Bryson discussion on this show, but I found, so I played twice, and on Saturday... It was so hot, the ball was going probably a club farther. Yeah. But then I played Sunday morning, and it, it was so heavy, the ball was almost going half a club shorter. Wow. So, I mean, I've got to pull out the calculator and the protractor and try to calculate these <laughs> yardages because sometimes the ball flies, sometimes it doesn't. It's funny how it all works. Well, you never know, and that's part of the uh, beauty of golf, right? you got to make some adjustments. you got to uh, make sure you know what you're doing. And um, obviously I didn't because of my scorecard, but uh, no, it uh, it uh, it's good to get out anyway, but yeah, the heat. I think, thank goodness, it's going to break because it'll make it a lot more palatable, and I think it'll be the superintendents will be very happy as well because I noticed a lot of guys out there with social media with, you know, having to syringe greens and yeah. things just to kind of keep them going. Absolutely, we got some heavy rain in the GTA on Saturday, making the golf courses a little softer on Sunday, and yeah, it's now going to cool down a little bit here in the GTA, which is great. But Bob, a very busy weekend of golf. We had an absolutely incredible playoff at the BMW Championship. Was that the most entertaining tournament of the super season? We'll discuss that and much more a little later on the show. We'll also discuss Adam Svensson, Canadian, wins his second tournament of the Corn Ferry Tour season. Of course, he's on his way to the PGA Tour next year. A lot on the line from this week at the Corn Ferry Tour Championship. We'll discuss that as well. And we'll also hear from Michael Blair, who won on the McKenzie Tour PGA Tour Canada. Uh, the Prince Edward Island Open in some blustery conditions, 45 yeah. kilometers an hour or something. Yeah, well, you know what? <laughs> That's kind of a calm day out in PEI if you've been out there. They, they do have calmer days, obviously. But when you're on the North Shore, where they're, well, actually, they're not. They're not a crowbush. I was going to say a crowbush, it's always blowing. But mm-hmm. the, pretty much everywhere you go, there's always a bit of a breeze. That's a pretty stiff one, though, to battle. That's for sure. And we'll have uh, much more. We'll have an update on our Mr. Butcher Grand Prize giveaway. Of course, we gave away a full set of golf clubs last week for 20 weeks of TaylorMade from Nick from Bowmanville, who won that. So much to get to. But first, let's hit some news and headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger. Everybody knows one. All right, off the top, Adam Svensson. Sort of, I guess overshadowed perhaps the BMW championship was incredible yesterday we'll discuss that at length in detail a little later but a two-shot victory for Adam Svensson at the nationwide children's hospital championship second win of the season and like I said this guy's on his way to the PGA tour yeah and I had a chance to chat with him last night and he's uh he's now third in the ranking so a big week coming up because if he finishes in the if he finishes first overall he gets a full exemption Mm. uh he actually he was asked if he would ever consider taking next week off because he has a very short window until he starts his PGA Tour season. 
And he said, you know, uh, I was thinking about it. I'll have to deal with that with my, uh, with my manager. But I don't think there's any way he's going to pass up a, a chance at a full exemption as opposed to a partial one. And, um, you know, he's a good this, – this is a kid I've said for a long time. Not a kid anymore. He's, uh, this player is, has, seems to have the ability to post a ridiculously low number, more so than any Canadian golfer I can remember. He goes out there and lights up scorecards. Uh, he was – Five under, I think, on the front nine and had a bogey on the backside. Felt he was getting a little bit uh, panicky, but he said he went back to his, his previous win earlier in the year and realized when in that win he found himself getting a little bit quick, getting a little out of pace, and he realized that and kind of slowed himself down and uh, ended up with a two-shot win on a very tough golf course that, uh, that they were playing on. And now, as I say, he's, uh, he's pumped about getting to the PGA Tour, um, but one more big performance next week could go a long way to giving him a full spot. Yeah, you mentioned him, the ability to go low. And at the Sony Open a couple of years ago, he flirted with 59 on the PGA Tour. And, you know, he was at last on the PGA Tour in 2019. And he's talked about this before when we had him on our show about his maturity, his work ethic. Now, two years later, I guess three years later, now being on the PGA Tour again, how much do you think his maturity has evolved both on and off the golf course that could help him this time around. Uh, he spoke about that last yeah, last night. He sort of said that he realizes that this is a, a lot of hard work. He had so much, I think, just pure natural talent. I remember playing with him in a pro-am, a Corn Ferry Tour pro-am, gosh, out in uh, Nova Scotia when they had that Corn Ferry Tour for two years. And, and he was just a kid who, you know, he didn't really know how to practice, mm -hmm. right? He didn't know what was going on. He just could go out and play golf. And he loves to go out and hit the next shot. You could see he was always racing to the ball. To, I want to hit the next shot. I want to hit the next shot. And I think that, you know, you can go so far on that natural talent before you have to realize that, uh, you know, there's a lot of guys out here who have that natural talent. So you're right. He's, uh, he's matured. He realizes that he has to put in a lot of practice. He talked about the fact that his putting and his chipping have, have in, uh, improved immeasurably over the last couple of years. And I think more so than anything, he's just a little older, a little wiser, and he realizes he's got a job and he's got a, also got a gift. And those two things combined, I think, could go a long way. A lot on the line for Adam Svensson this week at the Corn, uh, Corn Ferry Tour Championship. Looking forward to seeing him there. And speaking of a lot on the line, Tour Championship this week on the PGA Tour, where Canadian Corey Connors, the lone Canuck there, begins nine shots back. And this is the third year, I believe, of the, uh, the new format, where the, the staggered leaderboard. Before we talk Connors, what what's your thoughts on on this leaderboard? Is this the best way? You know, instead of having Steve Sands with with the chalkboard or with the whiteboard <laughs> saying if he, he birdies here he'll finish second, but actually wins a tour championship. Now there's one leaderboard. It's simplified. But what are your thoughts on the staggered start? I'm kind of on the fence because on one side it is always awkward when you have two winners on the yeah. last tournament. Remember Tiger Woods mm -hmm. winning the tour championship and Justin Rose winning the FedEx Cup. That's always seemed a little bit awkward, and. You know, I think for the PGA Tour, they want to have a big culmination to the whole year. The players do not like yeah. stag, the stag, what do they call it, started scoring, starting, I don't know. They have, they have a term for it. I can't even remember what it is. Obviously, it hasn't sunk in if yeah. I can't remember it. Yeah. But it's, it seems like a handicap event. You know? It's like, a net uh, gross. Yeah. yeah, so Corey's giving uh, Patrick Cantley nine shots. So, so it seems a little bit weird. Uh, but we've seen players make up, you know, some, some of the stagger, and, uh, and so it's not... I mean, it's not, uh, when it gets to Sunday finally, then I think it feels like a normal tournament. And I think the positive is also that it's a lot easier for the average viewer to understand what's going on. You know who's leading. So all those things combined, I know the players don't like it, but I think it's actually probably good for, for the PGA Tour. 
yeah, we'll see what happens come Sunday. But if Patrick Cantlay goes out and shoots six or seven under par in round one, it's sort of, you know, Corey Connors is then, you know, over 10 <laughs> shots out of the lead with three rounds to go. But making the Tour Championship has a lot of perks. And Corey Connors, he's proved himself that now he's one of the better players on the PGA Tour, you know, inside the top 35 in the official World Golf Ranking. But there's a lot that comes with the Tour Championship berth, doesn't it? There is. There, you, you officially get three spots in three of the four majors. You do get the PGA Championship more or less. It's not an official one. That's not quite what they do. You get the World Golf Championship events. Uh, you get the invitationals. You basically can pick your own schedule. And there's already, it seems like, a big sort of pot of guaranteed money, some of those no-cut events and things like mm -hmm. that. And it's a recognition that you are, I think more importantly for Corey, I think it's a recognition that you are one of the best players in the world. And I think he feels he is. Uh, the official World Golf Rankings, as you pointed out, say that he is, and, and I think he wants to be that. I know in the last month to six weeks, he's done a big thing where he's tried to go out and play practice rounds mm. with top players, not just the Canadian guys, which he does once a week, but in his other rounds, you know, he reached out, I know, to Webb Simpson, and they were playing some practice rounds and trying to get an idea of what those guys do and how he can take that next step. This is kind of a testament that he has uh, the ability, that he's got it, you know, down. I think for, for Corey right now, what he needs to do is just win more. And it might come this week, but it might come next season, whenever it happens. You know, he's good enough to win now. He's good enough, we've seen, to contend in majors. He's good enough probably to win majors. So I think the next year will be a really interesting one for Corey. You know, he had top 20 finishes in four of the six majors in this PGA Tour Super season. So a great season for Corey Connors. Let's see what he can do this week at the Tour Championship. Now, before we go to break, this BMW Championship. I mean, talk about drama, talk about tension, talk about guys probably not liking each other, especially after the 14th hole. First of all, when you saw the DeChambeau-Cantlay interaction on the 14th fairway when Bryson said, hey, Patrick, do you mind stop, stop walking here? Uh, it got a little, a little awkward there, didn't it? Yeah, but, you know, that happens more often than you think on the PGA Tour. I think there are guys who are, I mean, sometimes you say, uh, you know, you have to got guys in your line putting, or it's not a real uncommon thing. And it wasn't like, hey, Patrick, yeah. you know, stop walking. Yeah, just yeah. so you don't know, stop walking. Sure, that's fine. It's not a big deal. So it does happen more often than not. I think there was certainly a difference between the two demeanors of the two players overall, right? You've got big, brash Bryson, and you've got kind of the calm, patty ice mm -hmm. uh, out there. So I think that it, it looked a lot worse than it really was. And Patrick said afterwards, oh, I didn't care if you told me to stop. That's fine. It's just courtesy. And I'm just trying to move along. Maybe it was a little bit of slow play. We know Bryson's not the quickest guy out there. So, um, but, but they were definitely two different guys, and it was definitely that added to me to the, the playoff atmosphere. It wasn't quite like Miguel Angel Jimenez and Keegan Bradley going face-to-face no. -face at the match play all those no. years ago. Because I don't think that would really go too well for Patrick Cantlay because Bryson's probably got about four inches and <laughs> 50 pounds on him. The, the handshake they exchanged after the sixth playoff hole lasted about 0.1 seconds. There was no eye contact. There was it was, just, and there was just, like, I read their lips, there was just, uh, thank you. That was yeah, it. that was it. <laughs> no. Yeah, but I mean, you know, Patrick Cantlay, the first player on the PGA Tour this season to pick up his third victory. He'll start 10 under par this week at the Tour Championship. You can see weekend coverage of the Tour Championship on TSN as well. And we'll discuss this and much more with Mark Sakino, who's going to join us over the phone after the break. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade. Try the all-new Tour Response, a tour-quality urethane ball that doesn't cost as much as a ball played on tour, only from TaylorMade. Visit taylormadegolf.ca to learn more. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. 
This segment of GTC is brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. And welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada, live on TSN 1050. And you can watch us on TSN 2, Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. And Mark Sacchino is now joining us on the line. Mark is at the Ontario Cup at the Granite Club. We'll discuss that much more very shortly. But first of all, Mark, welcome to the show. And what a show that was yesterday at the BMW Championship. Maybe we don't have Mark just yet. I guess not. We don't have Mark just yet, but uh, I mean, like I said there, the BMW Championship, an incredible show and something that we'll discuss in our next segment, a lot of implications for the Ryder Cup, which the top six qualifiers have now been named official for the U.S. You know, the other part about that, uh, the final of the FedEx Cup is just by winning that playoff, uh, Cantley gets that two-shot lead, gets a three-shot lead over Bryson. That's Mm. That may be as big a uh, prize as the first place check because if he gets up, goes on to win 15 million dollars that's a pretty big uh pretty big uh gap for the other guys to overcome and i just saw something here on the in the break there talking mm-hmm. about some of the odds here john rom with the stagger start john rom is still the favorite uh at plus 350 cantley's second at plus 450 mm. and then bryson at plus 500 so interesting that uh taking into account the stagger start scoring the guys are still you know, McCannley's still not the favorite. And I'm curious if that's going to play a role in our TSN edge picks this week ah. with the staggered start because uh, Mark had Bryson DeChambeau last week. Oh, he did. He did oh. have DeChambeau. Bit of a bold move going into the week, but Mark had DeChambeau. And I, I understand Mark is now on the line. Mark, do you have us? How are you this morning? Yeah, well, I clearly know exactly what I'm talking about because I had Bryson DeChambeau, as you have pointed out, Adam. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> if you knew what I, you were talking about, you would have had Cantley. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I, you know what? I just heard what you're saying there with the odds and Rom, and it's so weird because I was thinking about our TSN edge picks this week and how we go about doing it. Like, do all of us just automatically take Cantley as one of our three picks because he's starting with the lead? You know, um, can you putt like that two weeks in a row? Like, it was the most dominating putting performance in the strokes gained era across four days that we've ever seen. Like, it was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And can you take that to different putting surfaces on a different golf course? And I always find that to be not to take anything away from Patrick Cantley's performance because a win's a win, and he, and he played beautifully. And I can't believe the way these guys crushed this golf course in relation to par, but... I mean, you live by the blitz, you die by the blitz, as they say in the NFL. And, you know, was that a bit of a one-trick pony victory? Like, Bryson DeChambeau should have won that golf tournament a few times and couldn't roll a putt that he needed this uh, in that playoff if he was putting into a bathtub. And Cantley, on the other hand, made everything he absolutely needed to do for four days. So, I don't know, does that transfer for you guys? Can he do it again? Even with the lead? I don't know. It's... um. It is, uh, it's a sticky one to try to break down and figure out, but, uh, but he's going to have the lead, and, and I guess we'll find out right away on a Thursday. My question to you guys is he starts with the lead Thursday. Do you think he has the lead Friday at Eastlake? 
I would say, I'm going to say no, he's not, because I like to be bold. I like to be different. <laughs> and yes, on RTS and Edge Picks, I'm going to tell you guys, I am not pick, picking Patrick Cantley this week. I'm, You know what? I'm now in last place of the three of us after my picks last week. <laughs> not, not so good. I'm going to try to, you know, get some value plays in there. Maybe some guys a little further down the line. Not going to mention any names right now, because I want to keep them secret for our uh, 1 p.m. broadcast on Wednesday, but I don't think he'll have the lead, but looking forward to seeing what he will have. Uh, now, Mark, we'll get back to the BMW shortly, but right now, you're at the Granite Club for the Ontario Cup. Is that correct? Tell us about what you're doing today. Yeah, so guys, the reason I'm not with you, and I hate missing it, but I'll see you guys uh, for TV tomorrow, and then uh, next Monday, our uh, wrap of the Tour Championship is, you know, Golf Talk Canada, we're huge supporters at Golf Talk Canada of junior golf in the province and in the country. Uh, we've raised a, a boatload of dough over 12 years at Golf Talk Canada, and this would normally be the Golf Ontario Junior Golf Drive, but now... With the launch of the first T program in Canada, uh, this his junior golf drive has kind of been turned into the Ontario Cup, which is a fundraiser for the first T program of Ontario. So we're with our friends at Golf Canada, and we're with our friends at Golf Ontario today, and we're trying to raise uh, as much money as we can for the first T program in the province of Ontario. So you know, trying to trying to get kids playing golf, get kids' uh, clubs in kids' hands, et cetera, et cetera, and doing it today up at the Granite Club. So um, it was worth taking a day away from the studio for this cause. Quite often the three of us are constantly being invited to things on Mondays and Tuesdays, and we have to always say no because we're doing Golf Talk Canada radio and TV. But when it comes to uh, putting clubs in kids' hands and raising money for junior programs, uh, we got to say yes. So up here doing it today at the Granite Club and looking forward to it. We got a beautiful day. Mark, go back, go back and tell me about your when you first started playing golf as a junior, as a kid. Tell me how that went and compare that to what you see going on now. Bob, it's amazing, isn't it? And I think a lot of this is the Mike Weir effect. You know, we got, you know, I was a fairly competitive junior golfer, and if you were lucky enough to play at a club, which I was, you know, my dad would drop me off at the golf club in the morning, and he'd go off to work and. You, you know, if you're lucky, your club had a junior program, and then you got to play in your junior club championship, and then you, you know, you maybe got to go qualify for your, uh, you know, your junior pro- provincial championship, and you know that was kind of the end of it. That was their season. There, there was no, there was no program. There was no in- introducing kids to golf. There was no uh, golf in schools. Uh, there was no junior golf tour. There was no levels for you know kids that just started the game versus kids in an elite program. I mean, the only sport that I knew of that operated like that in Canada was hockey. You know, hockey had you know house league and you know uh, single A and double A and triple A and a feeder system and and a program and then a way to get the scholarships and I mean. We were just kind of out there as the non-cool kids that played golf because nobody. I, I don't, Bob. I don't remember anybody my age in high school and or in grade school, especially uh, even more so in grade school playing golf. It was like I was like, well, that's the guy that plays golf. And now, when you look at these programs from kids that are you know six years old, seven years old, and then elite programs in high school, and and then a feeder system to college, and introduction to the NCAA and scholarship programs, and, and the Ontario elite program, and the national program, and it's just brilliant. And they've done such an amazing job. And again, I always call it the Mike Weir effect because you know 
Mike Weir puts on that green jacket, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, those kids that are now the Adam uh, Hadwins and the Corey Connors of the world, and they went, "Oh, you mean I don't have to be Wayne Gretzky? I can be Mike Weir." Uh, and I think uh, that triggers a bunch of investment and a bunch of intelligent, great people at Golf, uh, Golf Ontario and Golf Canada to, to figure out, you know, how to put this together. And here we are in 2021, and it's just become great. And look at Adam Svensson yesterday and Taylor Pendrith and what's going to happen on the PGA Tour next year. And, and, and that's all kind of – that's not all that goes on, obviously, but that's like kind of like the, the signal as to um, – you know, the three of us see all the stuff behind the works and the people that will never get there that still invest in golf. But, I mean, that's the that's kind of like how the regular person can see the investment come to fruition. Well, very succinct. Do you ever remember playing in the uh, non-smokers tour? Did you ever play on any of those ones? Do you remember Larry Longo's <laughs> father? For... <laughs> no, I don't remember. There was, a, there was a little tour that this guy started, and you had to sign a pledge card saying you would agree never to smoke. And uh, they had like four events or something. <laughs> Just, that was, I love that. I'm sure there are some listeners who remember that tour. I played a couple of events on oh. that one, but uh, but you're you're uh, you're absolutely you're absolutely right. You know, and it's funny, guys, because obviously we're we're all different ages, and I'm a little younger than you guys. And having a junior program to grow grow up where I was at or where I am at at Bayview Country Club, and seeing. Uh, looking up to guys, you know, when I was 10, 11 years old, looking up to those who were 16, 17 years old. And that's what, Mark, a, a bunch of junior golfers around the country now are looking up to, and here in Ontario specifically, with guys like like Corey Connors, guys like Mackenzie Hughes. How about girls like Brooke Henderson? How about girls like Brooke <laughs> yeah. Henderson, everyone who's excelling. And it's it's a great opportunity for all these junior golfers to now look up to players on the PGA and LPGA tours and, and think, hey, maybe one day I can be like them too. Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, there's it's to Bob's point with Brooke. It's kind of a cool crossover. This is like a when they they call it team, you know Team Canada. How it transcends different tours. Because I remember being a couple of years ago uh, down in Myrtle Beach, where our Team Ontario pro, program was playing against the Team South Carolina program, and I got to meet a couple of the the kids on the team. And I spoke to you know the boys and the girls and yada yada. And a couple of the boys were like, "Who's your favorite player?" Ah, Brooke Henderson. It was like that. That's cool. Like talking to a couple of young. Because if you had asked Mark Zacchino at age thirteen who his favorite player was, or age twelve, or whatever, uh, you know, my favorite player now might be Lori Kane because I just admire Lori so much, and she's just one of the nicest people in the world and a great ambassador, and we love Lori. But, I mean, Mark Zucchino at age 12 would have, like, named you, you know, Greg Norman or, you know, blah, 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 list of guys who hit it 330 yards and, you know, are, are kind of the, t- the testosterone ramped-up PGA Tour players. And we have these kids there. It's just like, no, man. Brooke's awesome. She inspires me. She da da da. So it's like uh, it goes both ways. And like uh, a lot of the girls love Corey Connors. They're like, no, he's my favorite player. So it's very cool to see. Uh, it, it's it's great work. They should all be applauded at Golf Canada and Golf Ontario. We've got great leaders in the sport in this country. And uh, we now we just need more wins, right? If we're just talking at a professional level, more wins. But I would love to see. I don't have them, guys. But think about how many free educations probably that we have developed over the last 20 years and 20, you know, if I look at it that way and the real victories how many lawyers, how many doctors, how many professionals, how many free educations or supplemented educations that golf has provided by sending Canadian players to colleges and U S universities and things of that nature. 
I mean, that number I bet you would be staggering, and it's probably a victory that we never discuss. And how, how cool is that? That's a huge, huge victory that golf is providing, you know, world-class, elite, free education through the game of golf. That maybe they don't go on to be LPGA and PGA Tour players, but maybe they go on to be, you know, great doctors and lawyers and business professionals because they got free school through golf and met wonderful people and became wonderful adults. And that's all part of this, too. It definitely is all part of it, too, Mark. Only about a minute left, but I have to ask you this question. We have a poll question that Mark or that Bob and I will be discussing a little later in the show. Of the PGA Tour Super Season, what's been the most entertaining tournament? We have the BMW Championship from yesterday. We have the Men's Golf in the Olympics, the U.S. Open, which John Rahm won, or the PGA Championship, with which uh, Lefty won in, uh, with a historic victory. Of those four, what is the most entertaining tournament of the season? It's such a tough one. I, I You know... I, hard to, hard to, uh, you know, still for me, the PGA championship is the most significant. And in 20 years from now, it will be the one that we were talking about in 2021 as, as the pinnacle of the season from a historical perspective. But in terms of just entertainment value coming down the stretch, etc., cetera, I, I think maybe Olympic golf yeah. uh, yesterday was fantastic, but you know, guys, I, we're ripping apart a 7,600-yard golf course because, it, you know, it's soft. Fairways are 500 yards wide. I don't know. I don't get too fixated with par like Bob. I'm not with uh, – Bob and I are very similar that way. Like, I don't need to be so fixated on the score of par like a lot of people are. But when you start going 28 under, 29 under, and it's like, I don't know. And, and to me – Bryson really lost that yesterday. And I know we can talk about this a little bit in TV tomorrow, and I wish I was with you guys today with what occurred on the 14th hole and was there gamesmanship with Cantley reading two-foot putts in his green book. And what's the worst putt of the year? Cam Smith, Adam Scott, or two back-to-back Brysons with 59 and then a putt to win? I love to see those four putts in a row and debate what is the worst putt of the year because they're horrible. Well, that right there, Mark, is a teaser because I think on Winners Weird and What this week, I think I think we'll see all four of those putts and we'll grade back and forth. Which one was the worst putt? Wednesday, 1 p.m. TSN4. We're on Golf Talk Canada Television. Mark, thanks for your time today. Have fun today, and we'll see you later this week for TV. Later, boys. You're the best. Thank you guys as always for covering my butt. Absolutely. That's Mark Sacchino, uh, very important uh, with the Golf Ontario, uh, where he is today at the Granite Club, and we'll discuss that much more this week on TV. Bob, on the other side, Ryder Cup, top six automatic qualifiers for the U.S. We'll discuss the top six, and who could be the other six on that team? We'll discuss that much more coming up next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com. The smartest way to shop for golf. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully and Bob Weeks here in studio. We're live on TSN 1050. You can also watch us on TSN 2, watching live today until noon Eastern. We're also live radio on TV next Monday for a recap of the Tour Championship. This super season on the PGA Tour 
finally coming to an end. It's been a wild ride, to say the least. 50 tournaments, six major championships, an Olympic gold medal was also handed out. It's been an absolutely wild ride, this PGA Tour Super Season. And one other event that's coming up in just a couple of weeks, that is the Ryder Cup. And for the U.S., they officially named their top six qualifiers after yesterday's BMW Championship. And Bob, they are Colin Morikawa, Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, Brooks Kepka, Justin Thomas, and Patrick Cantlay. So Patrick Cantlay gets that sixth and final spot, automatically qualifies for this Ryder Cup. What are your thoughts on this top six? Because, you know, going into a lot of these Ryder Cups, it seems that on paper anyway, the U.S. is always sort of the favorite. But for whatever reason, team chemistry, they don't play <laughs> as well as the Europeans. Something just doesn't go right. But of these top six players, this team is absolutely stacked. Yeah, it uh, on paper it is. It's uh, the guys have played, logged some pretty good play. Uh, although look at recent form, Colin Morikawa at number one, or a little question mark. Dustin Johnson seems to be rolling back into mm -hmm. into form a little bit. Bryson we saw is playing well. Brooks and Justin Thomas I think are um, good, maybe not great compared to their normal regular form at the moment. And then we saw Patrick Cantley of course. Um, these ones are are. You know, they're pretty easy to pick, I think, when you look at them. Or not to pick, but if you were going to say, if you were to pick all 12, these guys would probably be one through six anyway. Uh, so they're all in good shape. They're all playing well. They've all, I think, uh, Morikawa and Cantley are, would be rookies, if yep. I'm not mistaken. So yep. the, the other four have been there. Um, it's, a, it's a good, solid starting six. It's a really good starting six. Now, Cantley did play in the President's Cup in 2019 at Royal Melbourne, so he has that experience. But in terms of, in terms of Bryson, there's many ways we can go discussing Bryson DeChambeau, and, and we have an essay coming out a little later this week on SportsCenter with you talking about Bryson being the most interesting man in golf. And that's not only because of what's everything that's happened on the golf course, off the golf course, everything, but... How do you partner someone with Bryson DeChambeau when, you know, like if you're playing, if you're playing foursomes or alternate shot, you know, he's three clubs longer than you. Like, how do you, how do you, how do you partner him with someone or do you even play him in foursomes? Yeah, maybe you don't. Maybe you just use him in four ball where yeah. he could be good. But he could also be, he could be a, uh, a good mix with the right partner. And if you take a guy with a great short game, uh, Patrick Reed. Mm -hmm. and put those two together, I think that will be a pretty awesome uh, duo because one's long, one's great on the short stuff. So I don't know. That might be a, a good way to look at it. The other element to me, though, is just what's the, what does he bring to the team room? And now we know Steve Stricker had a phone call last mm -hmm. week with uh, both Bryson and Brooks, different separate phone calls, and just sort of said, guys, you got to put this aside. You know, we're, we're already starting from, from a negative standpoint in terms of where, our, where we've been winning lately and not winning. So you guys got to put that aside, and I think they both can do that. It's you know, and and I I don't think the, the I don't want hate's a strong word, but the dislike of Bryson amongst the other guys is as strong as we feel it as spectators outside. Mm -hmm. I think definitely he's not going to play with Kepka, but I think some of the other guys you know have a lot of respect for what he's done and how he hits it and where he goes and his performance. So it might not be quite as uh, as negative as we think, and all of a sudden. Will this be the time that the American fans start cheering 
for Bryson DeChambeau, right, against the uh, European team. Well, maybe we won't hear come on Brooksies because you know, <laughs> right. they're in front of a home crowd. But, you know, back in 2018 when Tiger made the team, both Bryson and Tiger used the same, uh, same manufactured golf ball, uh, the Bridgestone golf ball. And that's obviously a huge part of foursomes and you know I remember hearing an interview with Justin Thomas saying that he could tell the difference between a different golf ball putting and you know you or me or the average weekend warrior they're going to think okay if it's round the ball's going to go the same distance but (laughs) Bryson's a guy who uses a launch monitor putting so the golf ball makes a huge uh, impact or difference but um, yeah like you mentioned too you know Colin Morikawa Maybe he's just you know out of gas now. Maybe you know it's been it's been a long season. The guys won two major championships in the last calendar year. Maybe he's just run out of steam a little bit. But Patrick Cantlay goes on and gets that last automatic qualifier spot. Now the next six. Where a couple of weeks ago on radio we all picked our next uh, six guys. None of us had Tony Fina on that team. Having said that, of course, after that victory at the Northern Trust, to you. Is, is he on this team automatically? He's a lock, yeah. I think. And, yeah, we may have mixed. I'm, I want to change all my six <laughs> yeah, guys. Yeah, you know, for, for now, sure. But, but that, that's, what, that's what Steve Stricker's going to have to do, right? 100%. He's going to have to look at, say, he wants the guys who are coming in hot. Finau played well in France. He was one of the few American that's guys right. who did actually play fairly well. So that's, that's a plus as well, even though, you know, I don't know how much you read into the performances week to week like that. But I think he's, he's got to be a lock. And Finau partnered with Brooks Kepka as well. So that could be an interesting duo to see. Xander Shoffley, Olympic gold medalist. You would have to think he is also a lock. He's playing some good golf now. Also partnered very well with Patrick Cantlay at the President's Cup. They were also partners at the Zurich Classic of New Orleans. I see them together. At nine, Jordan Spieth. You would think he's a lock. But, you know, making back-to-back triple bogeys at the Northern Trust... A bunch of, you know, it's, there's certainly a lot of thoughts going on in his head. I think with Jordan Spieth, you might get a really good week or you might get a really bad week. There's really, I mean, he had a very consistent year, but I, like you mentioned, guys coming in late. I'm not sure what to think of Jordan Spieth. He's still probably on my team. How about you? Yeah, I think he's on my team. I think there's there's enough of the upside to pick him in there, and I think he's... He's played, he's played pretty well over the last yeah. two to three months, right? So I, I know there's been blips, like you said, the back-to-back triples, but that's, that's a one-off kind of situation, and that's in, in match play, that's just two holes. Yeah, you know, that's that's all it is. So it's, uh, it's not as big a blemish to me. Um, I think that the upside out far outweighs the downside when you're, when you're talking about Jordan Speed. He'd be a lock on my team. For sure. Okay, then number 10 on the list right now, Harris English. Now, coming into the season, Harris English was on probably – no one's radar right. for the Ryder Cup. And this guy's had a, a renaissance here, you could call it, with two victories coming up short a couple of weeks ago when he was playing with Bryson DeChambeau, coming up short there at the WGC. This is a guy who's very level-headed. And this would be his first experience with the Ryder Cup. What do you think? Are, are you someone who likes Harris English, or would you, you know, go maybe a little further down the list at this point? No, I, th- I think I would pick Harris English. He's had such a good year. Even his, you know, his, uh, his bad weeks have been pretty solid mm-hmm. overall. I think he's earned his spot, and uh, it's been a little late getting to it, but I think he's definitely a guy that I would put on my team. I just like, I like his demeanor as well. He's not a real high, low emotional kind of guy, 
uh, I think that's good in this kind of competition. And especially, too, if, you know, something happens with a, a fan and Bryson or something or in the team right. room when things get maybe a little out of hand, maybe someone doesn't play well. I'm not going to not saying there's going to be a shouting match of, of some sort, <laughs> but I mean, there was there a course might <laughs> there might be. Of course, you know, there was that rumored fight between Brooks Kepka and Dustin Johnson right. after the last Ryder Cup on that Sunday evening. They both said that didn't happen. Who knows what actually happened? But someone else who had, had a big role with that Ryder Cup and has been a huge player on you know, the Team USA for many of these cups is Patrick Reed. And obviously he hasn't played the last couple of weeks with double pneumonia. He had the ankle issue as well, or maybe he still has the ankle issue. No word on if he's playing this week of the Tour Championship. We know he's back home which is a good sign. You wonder where Steve Stricker goes with this because, you know, he hasn't played much golf at all. He's clearly not 100% healthy, but he's still Captain America. What do you, what do you think? You know, if it hadn't been for the, uh, the double lung uh, pneumonia situation, I think he would have been a lock. Yep. Uh, I think he's going to want to see what happens, and I bet you Patrick Reed plays this week, even though I don't think he's 100%. I don't know how you could be 100% if you've mm-hmm. been in the hospital for five days. Um, I think he's really, really wants to have him on this team yeah. just because of what he brings, because of the short game, as I mentioned before. But um, it's, it's, a, it's a risky pick, I think, at this point. If you don't know how he's played and if he's had these two weeks off, and not, not only two weeks off, but two weeks without playing golf, obviously, mm-hmm. and maybe more from that. So that's, that's a questionable one for me. But I think at this point I would still go with him. So I think as of now the top 11 from both of us are pretty much set in stone, assuming Patrick Reed is healthy. Then the 12th guy. So going down the list, Daniel Berger's number 12, Simpson 13, Scotty Scheffler 14, Jason Kokrak, who has two wins this season, number 15, Sam Burns had a great year, number 16, Billy Horschel, who won the match play back uh, in March, is number 17, Kevin Kisner, great match play player as well, won a couple weeks ago at the Wyndham, number 18, Kevin Na, who's never been on one of these teams before, a lot of talk about him, number 19, and Phil Mickelson, number 20. Now, we both had Phil and Kevin Kisner on our teams two weeks ago when we did this. Given that Phil was tied for last at the BMW Championship, I, I, I don't know if you can... I don't know. I don't know. Like, Do you want someone like Webb Simpson, who's steady Eddie, kind of like Harris English? Of course, he's missed the Tour Championship for the first time in a number of years. Do you go to a Kevin Kisner or do you give a younger guy? Do you give a Scotty Scheffler a chance? Do you give a Sam Burns a chance? Do you give Daniel Berger another shot at playing on a team he played at the 2017 President's Cup? Who, who are you going? Or are you going off the board? <laughs> no, no. I think uh, I think I was thinking about this last night, and, and I think uh, there was a great column by Eamon Lynch in, in Golf Week this week saying, like, you can't pick Phil. Mm-hmm. You know, if you pick Phil, you're just really kind of emphasizing that this is a closed-door yeah. old buddies club. And, you know, what you get from Phil is questionable play at this point. And you do get the team room aspect. You get the rah-rah. But you can do that by making him a captain's assistant. Mm-hmm. He was the guy who started, when, when he sort of threw Tom Watson under the bus, that's what really brought about this whole kind of uh, new system. And task the, force, yeah. Yeah, task force and all that. And so I think he's got to be willing, and I think he is willing to accept the fact that, okay, i got to be maybe just a captain's assistant and join in that group. Um, so with him out on yeah. my team, I, I look down the list, and I sort of I, I wonder what, what you would, would get there mm-hmm. if uh, you might want to get a guy who's never been there before, a guy who you can start grooming. I mean, a Scotty Scheffler is a really good 
yeah. idea. If Patrick Reed is out as well and you have two spots to fill, then I think one you give to Webb Simpson just because of his short game. Mm-hmm. How, what a miracle putter he is, and, and you know, those always play well. But I, I would say it comes down to maybe Scheffler. I don't know about Berger. I'm not sold on him. But maybe Jason Kokrak, who also has a good short game. So it, there's a couple of options there with a young, untested uh, rookie, Ryder Cup rookie, I think, that deserve a spot more than Phil Mickelson. So how's that for sitting on the fence? I didn't really give you a name, did I? <laughs> we got a couple names there. Yeah, you know what? You know what? The good thing is uh, Steve Sirka will announce his team next Monday. So after the Tour Championship, we, we can discuss all these guys. Will we see? Are we wrong? Are we right? For me personally, I think Scotty Scheffler's the guy and Kevin Kisler's right behind. But uh, next Monday, Steve Stricker makes his picks, and uh, the Ryder Cup is uh, just a couple weeks away. Where September is on Wednesday, so you know it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be a great event, one of the great uh, sporting events to watch uh, as a viewer and to cover as well. Looking forward to seeing what happens with that. Well, Bob, on the other side, we'll recap Mackenzie Hughes's season. It's been a memorable one. Uh, he didn't make it to the Tour Championship, of course, made it last year, but a couple close calls at the major championships, an Olympian for the first time. We'll discuss that as well. Our friends at Mr. Butcher will update you on the grand prize this is golf talk canada this segment of gtc presented by taylor made was brought to you by WeatherTech canada canada's leader in automotive accessories this is golf talk canada presented by taylor made this segment of gtc is brought to you by play golf myrtle beach no destination in the world can match myrtle beach's volume of golf quality and value Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Wrapping up the front nine here on Golf Talk Canada, Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. We're live on TSN 1050 as well. You can watch us until noon on TSN 2. Well, Bob, you know, we do giveaways on the show all the time. Yes. Last week, we gave away a full set of golf clubs. Woohoo! Wow. Worth over $5,800. Nick from Bowmanville. Did he, we hear from Nick, by the way? Did he call? Uh, we have, I've spoken with Nick. Good. And uh, his fitting is at some point very soon. Was he, was he excited? He was ecstatic. <laughs> I and guess. I don't blame him. Because for one day, you get to be like Rory McIlroy or Dustin Johnson or Tiger Woods. Or Colin Morikawa. Or Colin Morikawa, where you get to go. You get a custom through-the-bag fitting with TaylorMade. Uh, it's a very exciting time. So uh, congratulations again to Nick. Now, we put out a poll question on Golf Talk Canada Twitter last night. What's been the most entertaining tournament of the PGA Tour Super Season with one week to go? The options. BMW Championship, the Olympics, men's golf. I counted that on the PGA Tour schedule. U.S. Open, which John Rahm won, or the PGA Championship. Our audience so far, 52%, maybe a little recency bias, says the BMW Championship. The PGA Championship, second with 30%. The U.S. Open at 13%, and the Olympics, men's golf at 5%. Now, I know... We were watching live the men's golf in the Olympics, and for some that might have been tougher because the final <laughs> putt was hit at about 4.30 local time, Eastern, uh, AM, our time, I should say. I know we were both pretty high on that being the most entertaining tournament of the season, but for you, of those four, what's the most entertaining tournament of the season? I, I think yesterday's BMW Championship for me was just because there were so many chances for both players to win or mm-hmm. to come back. I mean... Uh, you know, Bryson hits it in the water on the fourth extra hole and, and gets it on the green and saves par. Um, 
the shots on the fifth that was par three, unbelievable. right? Unbelievable. So those kind of things to me were there were jaw-dropping misses. Bryson had a couple of good opportunities and putts. Uh, even coming down the stretch, you know, uh, Cantley on 16, 17, and 18 rolling. So to me, that was the most emotionally charged one of them all. The Olympics, the playoff for third place was outstanding, yeah. and, and Xander's great last hole was good. To me, the uh, oh, people are calling, but <laughs> sorry about that. But the the um, the the PGA to me is the most impactful, but it wasn't the most exciting by any means right. to me because it was when you got you're walking up 18, there was really not a lot of drama mm-hmm. other than mm-hmm. see if Phil could fight his way through the crowd. Right. <laughs> So I think our I think our uh, our Twitter poll is correct. I, I would put him probably in that order. And we'll update our final results on Golf Talk Canada Television a little little later this week. Now I mentioned Mackenzie Hughes off uh, before going to break. There, his season now comes to a close, and what a season it was! Four top tens, legitimate chance to win both the U.S. Open and the Open Championship. This is another big step in the career of Mackenzie Hughes, and his expectations for 2021-22 have to be sky high, don't they? They do, and I think you know. I think there's some things he can do. Obviously, you know, his short game is is ridiculously good, but if you look at his long game, it's not so mm-hmm, good. You know, mm-hmm. his uh, strokes gained off the tee, 177th. Strokes gained approach the green, 174th. Strokes gained tee to green, 174th. So there's some improvement that can be mm-hmm. made in there. And I think, he, I mean, I'm not telling him anything he doesn't know. Right. And, you know, he's sort of in a little bit of a, I don't know what you'd call it, but a little bit of a, a transitional situation mm-hmm. with coaching, I think. He's yep. been working with Ralph Bauer. Ralph Bauer took a job at Hamilton Golf and Country Club. He's still working a little bit. He's still consulting with McKenzie. Uh, McKenzie's got other coaches that he can't. So I think he needs to figure that out. And, and I think some of those things are going to happen in the offseason. But I think right now um, he proved that, again, he, he's one of the best players out there. He can be a major champion. He can be a, another tournament winner. And I think there's a lots of room for him to grow. A T15 at the U.S. Open being in the final group on Sunday with Louis Oosthuizen. A T6 at the Open Championship, the lowest ever finish or best ever finish by a Canadian born player at that very historic 149 years of the Open Championship. 53rd in the world, 67th in the FedEx Cup. A great season for Mackenzie Hughes. Speaking of great Canadians, Michael Blair wins the Prince Edward Island Open on the PGA Tour Canada Mackenzie Tour. After the break, we will go one-on-one with Michael Blair discussing some blustery conditions in PEI and getting that victory on the Mackenzie Tour. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. 
Welcome back inside the back nine here on Golf Talk Canada, hour two. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. We are live on TSN 1050 as well. You can watch us on TSN 2 until the top of the hour at noon Eastern. And Bob, one of the great things on Golf Talk Canada here we do is feature the winners on the McKenzie Tour. And last week, Noah Steele won in dominating fashion as an amateur, a six-shot victory, a commanding win. But this week's stop on the McKenzie Tour was a little tighter. Ended up going to a playoff at the Prince Edward Island Open at Dunderave. And the winner, Michael Blair, who now joins us on the line. Michael, it's been, uh, what, 48 hours or so since that victory. Has it sunk in yet that you're a winner on the McKenzie Tour? Uh, not quite yet. I think it probably will take until maybe the check comes next week or something like that. But uh, <laughs> no, I just we were right back at it. I'm out actually playing a practice round right now on the other golf course, and uh, you know we're just getting right back at it. There's no time to sit down and relax. So uh, obviously last week was uh, was dealing with a little bit of the elements coming in. I understand the winds were kind of blustery out there. How did you handle that? Uh, I just uh, stuck to my own game, really, my own game plan. Didn't really worry about what anybody else was doing just because didn't really have any extra mental capacity to worry about what anyone was doing out there. It was blowing 30 pretty consistently, got to 45, so just kind of, you know, kept trying to hit the shots that I was trying to hit and stick with my own game plan and keep my head down and then just see where I ended up at the end of the day. And you mentioned the wind. It, it sounds like it's a little windy right now during your practice round. Are, are we seeing similar conditions uh, for your practice round right now? Uh, it's not too bad today. I think it's pretty blowing 2025, 20, so it's a little bit. Uh, it feels pretty calm compared to the last couple of days. What's it like to be able to play back-to-back tournaments and not have to change hotels? That's pretty, mm. that's a pretty rare feat, I think, on any tour. Yeah, no, it's definitely enjoyable. Um, you know, staying right at the resort here, so just kind of walk out in the morning straight to the, to the range for the first tee. Everything's pretty accessible, so yeah, it's definitely uh, definitely a bonus. You can just you know, come back, relax. I mean, normally after a tournament, you're rushing to get everything checked out, get to the airport. So it was nice to just, uh, after last week, to be able to come back and everything's still in your room and, and just hang out there and, uh, yeah, get ready for the next week. We're in conversation here with Michael Blair, who won the McKenzie Tours Prince Edward Island Open this past week. Uh, what's the reaction been from friends and family? Was your phone blowing up? I saw Lori Kane tweet you saying congratulations. What was that like? Yeah, it was... Uh, it was even more than uh, when it qualified for the Open a couple of years ago, actually. This was like uh, new territory for me. The thing, I just probably put it down for a while because it was just going to vibrate itself to death, I think. So <laughs> just kind of, uh, it was great. I mean, got support from all types of people that I hadn't seen in a while as well. And uh, in general, yeah, the reaction was extremely positive and extremely supportive. And uh, just kind of keep pushing me along to keep doing doing well and playing well the rest of this year. They had a pretty good putting uh, week, from what I understand, and you made a putting change. Is that correct? Yeah, just like a minor change. Just changed uh, that way. The way I position my hands, just my grip on the on the putter, just to get some some new feel. Right on. Now uh, I have to ask you about the up and down um, during the playoff hole from a very deep bunker. Now I saw the video of this, and <laughs> you, you definitely bunker. couldn't like. Could you even see the flag stick? Walk us through that shot to get up and down for the victory. Yeah, so in regulation on that hole, I had 162, and it plays seven or eight yards uphill, but it's howling downwind. So I hit the uh, left rough, and it landed just past pin high, rolled over the back, and then in the playoff had five or six yards less, basically the same spot in the left rough. So I said, you know what, uh, I'm going <laughs> to try one club less this time, see if I can keep it on the green. 
Um, was thinking about going back a club just because the competitor there put it short as well. So for safety, but I, you know, I stuck with the gap wedge and then hit it well. Watched it come up uh, <laughs> short right in the front bunker. Uh, and even though I am, you know, a fairly tall guy, it was I could only see maybe the top of it. Um, when I'm standing over the ball, I couldn't really see anything. When I was, you know, when I was behind the ball, kind of walking into it, I could just see the top of the flag. And then, uh, yeah, down over the ball, it, would, it wasn't really any, you know, any visual other than facing. Just trying to get it out there from that point. Really, I just want to, you know, I thought to myself, hey, I hit the shot in the practice round. I know I can get it out. You know, the worst thing you can do is leave it in there. Just anywhere on the green. I know Max didn't have a, an easy shot as well. So just just try to swing hard, get it out there, and give myself some sort of putt so that, uh, you know, there would be a good chance we could either make birdie or uh, make par and go to the next playoff hole. I can tell you from experience, years ago we did a little television exhibition there with uh, Tom Watson and Jack Nicholas playing, and Tom Watson was in that bunker, and we didn't have a camera that could get him because uh, he was he's not a tall guy and he had the cameras improperly positioned so all we were waiting for was the ball to come out and he got it on the green just like you did so you're in you're in good company what does this mean for you now that win going forward for for the rest of this tour yeah so mostly it's just a big boost in the points the way the the points for the year go they they drop off very substantially the farther down the list you you finish so to get the 500 points for the win, you know, now puts me second overall in the points. Um, that's probably the biggest thing. I mean, obviously the money's nice as well, but uh, you know, I'm looking to try to finish in that top five spot in the points list at the end of the year and get Mackenzie to her card for next year. We're in conversation here with uh, Michael Blair, who won the Prince Edward Island Open um, Mackenzie Tour. Now, I-, I asked the same question to Noah Steele last week, uh, who won the Osprey Valley Open. But what have the last 18, 19 months been like for you in COVID? You know, we see all these superstar players on TV making millions of dollars and flying their private jets from point A to point B. But what's it been like for you trying to you know, keep up the game professionally and excel? And-, and now you're seeing some great results. What is it the last 18, 19 months during this COVID pandemic been like? for you yeah it hasn't been uh, too great really i've just been i haven't been able to go south anywhere just been staying in the country uh didn't do a whole lot the winter because uh obviously border was closed couldn't drive down south anywhere so ended up uh watching every leafs game which was end up being more painful i think (laughs) Uh, spent my covid doing that and then uh yeah just kind of really i spent a lot of time putting i have a a decent sized putting mat in my basement so i just kind of getting my uh my 10-footers dial down, you know, the, the setup and all that kind of stuff. But really, it was, it was more of a waiting game for a lot of the time there. I didn't know what was going to happen. So just, uh, you know, trying to frame it into a positive any way I could, really. Just trying to find anything to grab onto to make it into a positive situation when it really was, uh, for a lot of guys, was not a great situation. Well, it's, it's a good mindset to have. And, Michael, I think you actually made Golf Talk Canada history today. You're the first player to ever join us during a practice round. So <laughs> mark you down on the history books. Thanks for taking time uh, with us today during this practice round. Uh, keep playing well today. Play well this week, and we'll talk to you uh, down the road again. Thank you. Appreciate the call. That was Michael Blair, Mackenzie Tours, Prince Edward Island Open champion. Judging by uh, some of the uh, social media things I've seen, the boys are having a great time in <laughs> PEI. Lots of lobster, a few side trips over to Cabot, I've noticed. Uh, there's some good, uh, some really good um, atmosphere amongst the guys. And again, you know, this, I don't know for, the, for those of you who haven't been down there, but there's two courses at one location Dunderave and Brutonell. So they played mm-hmm. Dunderave last week, they're playing Brutonell. It's a little more wide open course, and it's 6 6 6, threes, fours, and five. So I imagine there'll be some scoring going on. 
um, but they've been taken care of really well. I think I saw a few lobster dinners going by, and uh, so I think it's uh, the, the folks in PEI know how to host a party, and they're, they're doing a pretty good one over these two weeks. It's interesting you mentioned the core setup, so six par three, six par four, six par fives, which is the same as Cabot Cliffs. Right. And we featured Cabot Links and Cabot Cliffs on our show, I believe it was two years ago on Golf Talk Canada. And how many times have you been down, Bob? I've been down every year except last year since 2012, so I missed, uh, just missed that okay. one year last year. And, and I remember on this program you mentioned you got to play one of them alone, right? And you played in like less than three hours or something? Yeah, two so two, two years ago I went down, as I'm going to do hopefully later this year, to host the uh, RBC Scramble, right. PGA Tour of Canada, or PGA Canada RBC Scramble. And um, the, the teams all play. They played one at Lynx, one at Cliffs, and then the final round was at, at Lynx. So when I got in there on... Um, they were, they were teeing off for the first round, and then they played their second round, but the course, there was no one else playing the course after they finished. So I said, well, I'll go off. You know, I'll let the, the last group go out for an hour. And I was a little tardy, and I got out there, and I thought, well, I'll have time for nine holes. And I played in about 2.40 and, uh, and had just a great time at the course to myself. There was nobody else out there. I think I finally caught up to the last group on the last hole, but... Uh, what a spectacular moment that was. It was a really cool and probably something that very few people get to do unless they want to play in the rain. You know, it's two, uh, It's Canada's arguably top two courses, uh, both rated, I believe, in the top 25 in, in the official world rankings for, for golf courses. And the comparison I make to people, I've been down there once, and I got to play Cabot Links, and it was 9 degrees Celsius, it was pouring rain, and it was <laughs> sideways, and it was unbelievable the next day i played cabot cliffs and it was 17 degrees it was sunny it was awesome (laughs) but i got the feeling standing on the first tee at cabot links like i was in northern ireland and i've played in ireland twice and for for those you know trying to make a a bucket list trip get down to cabot and because you'll love it i i know a, a couple of people who are going down and playing like six rounds in four days and just experiencing that it's it's a bucket list item and i'm looking forward to featuring them on golf talk Canada here again soon yeah it's great and uh the one addendum to that story, I, when I played by myself, I made a two on a par five on the third hole on a course. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Nobody was whoa, there. Whoa, nobody was wait, there to wait, see wait, that, right? Wait. <laughs> a par four. A par four. Sorry. I was going to say an albatross. No, no, sorry. Two wow. on a par four. A, an eagle on a par four on the third hole. But, of course, nobody was there to see it. So the third hole on the links or the cliffs? <laughs> on the cliffs. And... Uh, Anyway, okay. it was, it's kind of funny, too, wow. uh, that the only time you do something like that, there's no one else around. Yeah. So I don't know if anyone believes me or not. But anyway, you're wow. right. It's a great opportunity. There's lots of great golf courses out in the East Coast. Prince Edward Island has oh, yeah. awesome golf out there, and you can go out there and really you can get to about six or seven good courses within a 20 minutes if you stay in Charlottetown. So mm-hmm. that's one of the cool parts about playing out in Prince Edward Island. Uh, I'm going to go out, uh, hopefully, to New Brunswick and see the Algonquin Golf Course, which was remodeled Beautiful. a couple of years ago. And uh, so the great golf courses all over. Well, congrats again to Michael Blair, who won on the McKenzie Tour. They get going again tomorrow. Their tournament actually gets going. So it's uh, it's a quick turnaround for the boys, but uh, looking forward to seeing uh, the results from that. And we'll have the winner on our show here on Radio on TV next Monday as we also recap the Tour Championship. Now, after the break, can the Europeans continue their dominance of the Ryder Cup? They haven't announced any automatic qualifiers just yet, but we're getting close for them to announce those qualifiers. We'll discuss the top nine, and we'll discuss who their captain selections could be coming up after the break. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one.
This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. And welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks, live on TSN 1050. You can also watch us on TSN 2 until the top of the hour at noon. Well, earlier in the show, we discussed the Americans in the Ryder Cup. The top six have been officially announced for the U.S. Looking forward to seeing what kind of team the U.S. shows up with. We discussed their their potentials for the six remaining spots who will be named next Monday, but the Americans' top six locked and loaded for the Ryder Cup. Colin Morikawa, Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, Brooks Kepka, Justin Thomas, Patrick Cantlay. But the Europeans have absolutely dominated the Ryder Cup in recent years. Of course, the States have had to start this task force to try to, you know, change things around a little bit. Before we discuss the Europeans and what their team looks like at this very moment, you've covered a number of Ryder Cups in person. How would you compare the atmosphere to from the Ryder Cup to, say, you know, any other of the major championships? Uh, it's a very different event overall because you've got so few golfers, first of all. So it's a terrible event to actually go and watch your cover live mm-hmm. in person. The other part is because it's match play, you don't know where the matches are going to end. So you could you could be sitting on the 18th green and not see a match in, in I can't remember what it was the year. It was at uh, Oakland Hills outside of Detroit. Four, yeah. There was no, there was no, uh, no match ended um, at 18 until the singles. So all those, you have to kind of run around a little bit. Having said that, it's the most exciting event to go to because of all the cheering, because of all the back and forth and the yelling and the us versus them. It's, um, I, I don't know how to, uh, to put it in, but, but if, if you're the opposing team, ooh, it's a tough atmosphere, and it's getting tougher and tougher and tougher every year. It just seems to be getting harsher and stronger and um, more lubricated. Yeah, you know, the, the, the beer sale is opening at 9 a.m. Maybe maybe <laughs> delay it till 11 or noon, maybe. But uh, we were together in 2017 at Liberty National just a couple weeks ago, which hosted the Northern Trust for the President's Cup. And that was the first time I had personally been on location for a cup like that. And I remember us, you know, chasing around Adam Hadwin when he was playing Phil Mickelson on, on the Sunday singles. And, and just the atmosphere around that, we, you know, standing on that first tee is something that I, I know I'll never forget, where you saw the chants, uh, some very creative chants that the Americans uh, talked about afterwards in their well-lubricated press conference, uh, <laughs> if you recall. Um, but the Ryder Cup is a different beast. It's, it's um, you know, an us against them. The Europeans have absolutely dominated. And right now, their team, it's not automatically named or their uh, top nine aren't officially named yet. That happens after the BMW PGA Championship on the European Tour in a couple of weeks from now. But right now, their team is John Rahm, Tommy Fleetwood, Terrell Hatton, Rory McIlroy, Victor Hovland, Paul Casey, Matt Fitzpatrick, Lee Westwood, and Shane Lowry. Lots of strength on that team, but a couple of question marks, I guess you'd say. Right off the hop for me, Tommy Fleetwood has had... A bizarre year. He was an outstanding player back in 2018 playing with Francesco Molinari, Mollywood as they called them. Right. But, you know, some guys for the Europeans for years have just been able to flip a switch and turn it on. This will very likely be Fleetwood's second Ryder Cup appearance. What kind of expectations do you have for Tommy Fleetwood in an event like this? 
It's such a question mark. He's, you just don't know what you're going to get. And, and a very weird year for him because you did not expect this at all. I, I sort of thought he would just kind of keep rolling from what he's been doing. Mm-hmm. Um, he's had great success, as you said, in Ryder Cups in the past. And I just, I, I was sort of shocked, to be honest with you, of, of his play this year. Just, I don't know if there's something going on or something outside or if it's just a bad year mm-hmm. or if it's equipment change or mm-hmm. what it is. You know, it's, it, there's a lot of possibilities. Um, he has slowly rolled into a little better form as the year has gone on towards the end. I know he's got a big tournament this week, I think the Italian Open, mm-hmm. where I think he is kind of a quasi-host or something. I'm not quite sure what the deal is there, but he's, um, he's over there. I know I saw pictures of him going to visit the, uh, the Coliseum. So he may put on a, a, a finishing kick here. We'll see what happens. I know he was one of the guys who didn't rush over to, the North, to North America to play with COVID going right. on, and he sort of stayed back a little bit. But, yeah, big question mark for sure. You know, he had that runner-up finish of the 2019 Open Championship, finishing behind Shane Lowry, who's also on this list as of right now. Lowry's had a very consistent season. But do you think this is almost a changing of the guard for the Europeans? Like, this, this is really John Rahm's team i mean rory is obviously there too but for all those years we saw veteran experience we saw justin rose who is not on this team right now and has had a a really bizarre year henrik stenson who will definitely be not be on this team but sergio garcia sergio garcia who isn't on this list but had a great week at the tour championship ian poulter who you know we'll get to him shortly you would think he's going to be a captain selection you would think but this seems to me anyway like a changing of the guard because john rahm has been the top player in the world for the majority of the summer I still think emotionally this is Rory's team, yeah. but I think you're right that John Rahm is now the the number one deputy, if you want to put it that way. I don't think there's any anything that uh, he has to shy away from in terms of speaking up or mm-hmm. performing. But I think again, if you're going to take that role, then you better you better step up and you better make some birdies and you better get out there and, and win some matches. So there's that, and then you've got you know some some younger guys coming in, guys like Victor Hovland, um, mm-hmm. potentially some some guys who who might get picked onto it, like Robert McIntyre. Uh, there's a few on there, uh, Guido Migliosi. I mean, there's some possibilities that we don't know how they're going to shake out or if they're going to get, uh, get uh, qualify for the team over the next couple of weeks because they still have some European tour events where things can happen. So it's interesting to see what, what the final makeup will be. But I think you're right. It's... It's McElroy and it's Rom at the head of it. And of course, Rom beat Tiger Woods in the singles back in 2018. So that was one of his greatest golfing accomplishments. He's since gone on to win a major championship. So looking forward to seeing which John Rom shows up, if he's going to continue that dominating form like he's shown throughout this whole summer, despite, you know, getting COVID twice, which has been a, <laughs> a crazy summer for, for John Rom and Rory McElroy. You know, we saw him at, well, we didn't actually see this at the Northern Trust throw a three wood into the into the trees that would have been musty tv but he he has shown this season for him has been so hit or miss we saw the swing changes we saw him hitting hosel rockets at augusta national we saw him in the mix at the u.s open at the open championship he was really mia we saw him nearly win a bronze medal at the olympic games we saw him have a great week this past week of the bmw championship coming in saying he was just so tired you wonder if what Rory's going to have in the tank for this Ryder Cup. I know he'll have a couple of weeks off. I'm looking forward to seeing maybe a capless Rory McIlroy again, too, like we saw in the Olympics. Who knows? Yeah, that, I think you can bet on that capless thing. I, I don't <laughs> buy that fitting thing one bit. I think there was some logo uh, yeah. management going on there as well. Uh, I think some of these guys on both sides definitely need a couple of weeks off. Mm-hmm. I think the um, I think Rory will recharge. I think I think he's progressively over the last couple of months started to play better uh he hasn't always put four rounds together or even 18 holes together in certain days but i think 
the Rory we saw last week compared to the Rory we saw six months ago, maybe before the win, um, I think is, is a much better Rory McIlroy. And so I think, I, I think he's, uh, you know, he would really, aside from, the, from, from Cantlay and, and DeChambeau, he was, would have been pretty good. It would have been right in there, right? And, and this, this tournament is so important for the guys. Jordan Spieth was on a podcast last week, and he said he'd rather, much rather win the Ryder Cup than the Tour Championship. Yeah, that was shocking so to me. Pretty, wow. pretty bizarre. I mean, maybe not bizarre comments in terms of the, the dollar figure involved with the Tour Championship, but there's so much pride on the line for these guys. So we mentioned the top nine for the, for the Europeans. Of the guys on the bubble, you know, we have, we have Sergio Garcia. We have Ian Poulter. We have veterans who have been there before. Do you think both Poulter and Garcia are locks? Or do you think they're maybe one foot in the door right now? Do you think one of them for sure is on that team? What do you think? Uh, I think Poulter is one and a half feet in the door, if you can do such a thing. Okay. I just think that he is a, he's a guy who can play better when he's emotionally charged, I think. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, I think it'll be interesting. I think uh, for Sergio, I think he's, that's a guy that I think Patrick Harrington wants on the team. Definitely. Uh, he'd like to see him, I think, play well, and we'll see what happens there. But, but again, like we were talking about before, maybe it's time to bring a couple of young guns in there. I don't know. Uh, some of those younger players have played well, but they're also a little risky to maybe figure out, right? If, and, I mean, some of those guys have to earn their way onto this team, and, and there could be some changes coming up in the next week or so. But... Uh, it's this to me is more interesting than the U.S. team to be perfectly honest with you because oh, I think yeah. the U.S. team you could kind of figure out or put the pieces together with one or two missing missing but other than that this one is, is an interesting one to see who will be the final uh, names on that team. It sure is like you know you look at Robert McIntyre who's had, who's had some great finishes this year. Bert Wiesberger another great finish. He's had a very consistent season on the European tour and of the guys who are already on this team Lee Westwood had a great start to the season. He sort of turned back the clock had a great finish at the uh, Arnold Palmer Invitational at the Players' Championship as well. And then the rest of his summer has sort of been, we haven't yeah. really seen him much lately, Lee Westwood. And then, you know, I mentioned the veterans off the top. Like, Justin Rose, he's not on this team. Henry no. Stenson, there's no chance he's on this team. And they were historically an unbelievable partnership. Uh, I, I'm very curious to see where Podrick Harrington goes. Of course, Harrington's not going to pick himself, obviously, but he finished <laughs> tied for fourth of the PGA Championship, you know? And he's only got three picks, so yeah. it's a little tougher on him, I think, in terms of, of how you manage the team because you've got, you know, you got nine players who are going to be there no matter what you want to do. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, those three picks will be really interesting. They certainly will, and TSN is the home of the Ryder Cup, September 24th to 26th. All-day coverage on Friday, all-day coverage on the Saturday, and then the Sunday singles. It's must-see TV. Personally, it's my favorite viewing experience of the golfing calendar, and I can't wait to see it, September 24th to 26th. Well, Bob, on the other side, a lot of weird and wacky in the world of golf this past week. We'll discuss that much more with winners, weird and what. That's coming up next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Springtime is a lot like a Cadillac, spirited, vibrant, and you definitely know when it arrives. Put a little spring in your drive with the Cadillac XT4, XT5, or XT6. Visit Cadillac.ca. Your Cadillac is waiting. Cadillac, never stop arriving. 
Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks live here on TSN 1050. You can also watch us today on TSN 2 until noon Eastern. We're also radio simulcast on TV next Monday where we'll recap the Tour Championship. This super season finally coming to a close. 50 weeks, six major championships. Next week, we'll discuss the super season. We'll probably have another discussion. What was the most entertaining tournament of the season? What was the best major of the season? What was the best moment of the season? We'll have a little recap special next Monday on Golf Talk Canada Radio on TV. But Bob, it's our favorite time of the show. Lots of crazy stuff happening in the world of golf throughout the last week and weekend. It's winners, weird and what, and this week, you have the tea. So, so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball! All right, my, well, my winner this week is a caddy. It's Austin Kaiser, who caddies for Xander Shoffley. And, um, of course, Shoffley is the gold medal winner at the Olympics. And maybe that inspired... Uh, Kaiser to do a little bit of sprinting. He had to do it, of course, because of something that his boss did. So Xander Shoffley, uh, playing on the, uh, in the on tournament last week, he at one point decided that nature was calling, so he had to go over to the uh, portalette, did his business, but he had just come off a of green putting, and he had his putter with him, so he just leaned his putter up against the outside of the uh, portalette, did his stuff, came out, went on to uh, the next hole, and when they after he hit a wedge, uh, Kaiser went into the bag, to find the putter, and there's whoop, there's no putter there. <laughs> oh, yeah, the boss left it leaning against the portalette. He the, mistakenly, uh, Shoffley thought that he had given it back to the caddy. He hadn't. So the caddy sprinted. Kaiser sprinted back some 700 yards back and forth. They got it in time, and uh, just for, uh, for fun, he gave, put out his arms sort of like a Usain Bolt crossing the uh, finish line when he got back up to give him the putter. So a couple things here. Um, <laughs> good thing the putter wasn't actually in the portalette. He didn't actually bring it inside with him, but uh, that's, that's what a good caddy does. He makes sure all, all the clubs are in the bag. Uh, you know, his boss had a, you know, he forgot the putter, and um, I wonder how fast the, the sprint was back and forth. I don't know. Yeah, it said he wasn't, uh, said he was out of breath, so maybe he's not. I, I would perfect. be too. I I'm not a runner per se, <laughs> no, but uh, I'm not a yeah. sprinter, but no. I'm a runner, but I wouldn't have been able to do that without uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, breaking into a sweat. It wasn't, it was hot there too. It was it ever. Year, oh so my goodness. That wasn't yeah. exactly what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. My, uh, my weird this week is uh, Lucas Herbert, nice. who uh, is a corn Ferry tour player who qualified uh, by, to make the, uh, after the first round of the FedEx cup play or the, sorry, the corn Ferry tour playoffs to get his PGA tour card. And I guess perhaps in the celebrations or whatever, he mistakenly booked his plane ride incorrectly. Now, he's from Australia, and he was going to go to Columbus for the next stop. Mm-hmm. However, he was going to go to Columbus, Ohio. Of course. Instead, he booked a trip to Columbus, Georgia. Oh, boy. <laughs> he didn't oh real- boy. He did not realize his mistake until he landed in Columbus, Georgia. Oh. So he's in Columbus, Georgia, when all of a sudden he figured it out. Uh, there was no way to get from Columbus, Georgia to Columbus, Ohio in time, or, well, not that day. So he had to spend the nice evening in Columbus, Georgia, which I'm sure is a beautiful spot. But uh, anyway, he ended up getting there. He played in the Nationwide Children's Hospital Championship, and he opened up about it as Aussies do. You know, they like to put yeah. fun at themselves, and he told the whole story about doing that. And I can tell you, this is not the first time I've heard something like this happen. I remember a uh, a European writer coming to the Masters for the first time. 
and he booked a trip to Augusta. Oh, boy. Unfortunately, he booked his trip to Augusta, Maine. <laughs> not Augusta, Georgia. That's a bigger mistake. Now, you've, you've racked up air miles throughout, I mean, obviously not during COVID, but before then, you were traveling all the time. Have you ever gone to the wrong place by, you know, whether you booked it or someone else booked it, you've just been showed up and you're like, oh, I'm actually in the wrong state right now. No, I've never, okay, I've that's never good. done that. I've managed to, uh, to show up at the right place okay. at the right okay. time. That's but... good. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, then my, what is, um, what are we going to, this is back to Bryson to show. Yes. What are we going to do with Bryson? Uh, so uh, this is a great story by, uh, by Kevin Van Valkenburg of, the, of ESPN. Mm-hmm. He said that after Bryson shook hands with uh, Patrick Cantley, after he lost, he was going up I guess up to the scoring tent or up to the uh, uh, up to the uh, locker room, and uh, some guy yelled out, "Great job, Brooksy!" Well, DeChambeau, that was the last straw. He whirled around apparently, and uh, started walking towards the offender. And he said, yelled at the guy and told him to get the f mm. out of here. Ooh. And he had rage in his eyes apparently. Now, this is all reported. This is not confirmed by by DeChambeau, obviously, but. Uh, Apparently, he was getting a little bit hot, and apparently, he was getting it all time during the playoff. He was getting yelled at. He was getting the uh, Brooksies and through the whole playoff, so I guess maybe he just had enough. But I don't know about you, but I think that you can't confront those fans because you've just given them more ammunition. Absolutely, and, you know, golf is a different sport because you're so close to the athletes. I remember a couple of years ago at the 2016 Ryder Cup, someone yelled something not so nice at Rory McIlroy, and he turned around and went right at him. He didn't, you know, touch him or anything, but sort of being eye-to-eye because, you know, you were this far away from the competitors, not like at a hockey rink or a baseball field or, um, you know, on the football yeah. field where you're hundreds stands. of yards away exactly but these guys can hear you and that's why i'm so curious to see what's going to happen at the Ryder cup because you know some fans are are going to maybe have a couple too many cocktails and and start yelling at bryson even though he's he's a hometown guy so <laughs> i think it'll it, bryson just thank his lucky stars this isn't a european Ryder cup this time yeah that'd be that'd be fascinating for sure all right adam the tea is now yours Yeah, well, I, I had the coffee. I got to activate the calves, and I got to step on one here. <laughs> Come on, baby. That's what I'm going to do today. Hit bombs and attack the pin. This might be the first three-dub in a while that I'm not actually featuring Phil Mickelson. So, oh, yeah, wow. I knew. But I am featuring one of Phil's good buddies, the Stallion, Harry Higgs. Now, <laughs> Phil called big, Harry the big, yeah, the big, beautiful, a Stallion. Uh, one of the great videos uh, leading up to his uh, first round of the BMW Championship where he was, he was ready to ball out. He was ready to go out. Of course, Phil finished tied for last. So anyway, Harry Higgs. So Harry Higgs qualified for the BMW Championship after a good performance at the Northern Trust. So last Monday, you know, there's a short turnaround from Monday to the next tournament starting in a different city. Two days later or three days later in Baltimore. And Harry was asked, with a quick turnaround, how do you celebrate? Because Harry Higgs has been honest about enjoying, you know, the odd beverage or nine after a good performance. And he said, you know, it's a great question. I guess I have to drive. So if the cocktails are probably going to be delayed until getting to Baltimore, more than likely he's going to have a not so healthy meal, a drink upon arrival, maybe one more before going to sleep. And then finally, for the first time in what feels like weeks, sleeping without an alarm set. Harry Higgs, the gift that keeps on giving and, (laughs) He's played some great golf this year, too. He has. It was a bit of a slow start, but he had a good finish, and uh, good for Harry. I mean, I think, uh, I think he's one of the more uh, colorful characters out there, and you need guys like that mm-hmm. to, uh, mm-hmm. to, to lighten things up a little bit, and good for him. 
My weird this week, Billy Horschel was sporting a West Ham United logo on his golf bag. And you might think, Billy Horschel, like, how, how does that connection come to be? So it actually comes from his time uh, in college, where in the new apartment he have, was briefly in, it didn't have any cable locked or hooked up. So they got a bunch of DVDs back when you bought DVDs wow. back in those <laughs> days. And uh, one of the DVDs he, he bought. Uh, was Green Street, which is a movie or documentary, I guess, about West Ham United. Okay. And since he's become a huge fan, this is 10, 12 years ago when he was in college, and he's now a huge fan of the team and is now sporting them on his bag because he doesn't have an official bag, uh, a logo sponsor on his tour bag. So you see some interesting logos on the bags of some players, and, and that's one of them for uh, Billy Horschel. That's strange. I mean, there's been a lot of sports uh, partnerships. I remember uh, Brad Fritch was sponsored with or had a deal with the... Uh, Ottawa Senators, and I think there's been a couple. I think maybe Mackenzie Hughes had something with the Leafs at one point. There's been a few out there, and uh, but uh, and, and a lot of the Canadian guys actually have logos on their yardage books. Yes, you know the, you can see them out there. Graham Delette, of course, is Calgary. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. uh, Adam Hadwin actually has one with the Blue Jays and one with Vancouver Canucks. Right. So there's a few in there. And then we get to Patton Kazire. <laughs> now, we've seen meltdowns on the PGA Tour. We've seen guys throw clubs. We've seen Rory McIlroy absolutely gun a four iron into the middle of the water back at Doral years ago. We've seen players kick shoes. But of all the years I've watched golf, I've never seen a player try to rip their own hat <laughs> so Patton Kazire, he was three under par through two rounds of the BMW Championship, just made a double bogey on his 36th hole on Friday, so the 18th hole of his second round. Clearly he wasn't so happy, so he went for the, the toss and, and hit, and he missed uh, going for the, the tennis shot with the putter, unfortunately. And then he decided to snap the putter over his knee, and you think, okay, we've seen that in meltdowns before. But then he's fuming. He is furious. And he's walking up the hill, and he tries to break his hat in half. Of all things. Hulk smash. Yeah. I mean, I was waiting for the, the shirt to, to get ripped open. But we, we've seen meltdowns, uh, but not a meltdown like this. That's a pretty big meltdown. <laughs> I don't remember too many more meltdowns like that. I remember uh, one, I think it was a, gosh, I got to think it was a Corn Ferrier tour event. And uh one of the caddies took all the golfers. They had a fight and they took all the golfers' balls and threw them in a pond and walked in. I remember that one. There's been a few beauties, but boy, trying to rip a hat. I don't know if I could rip a hat. You could probably rip a hat. You're being strong, but I mean, I, I, I wouldn't want to. It's something I wouldn't want to try. No. I, I mean, I I don't get it. I mean, Pat and Gazire still had a pretty good finish on the weekend, but not in the Tour Championship. I'm sure we'll see more meltdowns going forward here on the PGA Tour, but maybe not one just like that. Now, a, a little bonus thread up here before we go to break were the comments that Rory McIlroy made about uh, losing his three-wood on Monday at the Northern Trust. Now, I mean, for Rory to be this honest, I, I mean, I'm sure people weren't, maybe the tour wasn't happy that he said, oh, I just launched my three-wood into the forest. <laughs> Imagine if this was on, on TV where we, we see Rory just absolutely launch a three-wood onto the, the turnpike, like, like he mentioned. The Euro Tour guys are good at throwing clubs, aren't they? They remember are. Rory, remember Rory Doral and yep. uh, throwing it in there, and he said it was on the, this time he, Rory said it was on the turnpike, but it wasn't quite there. It was just in the woods, so I'm sure somebody's got that by now. Mm -hmm. But uh, it is, it, it, Turtle Hatton, of course, is one oh, of the yeah. best at, at the, the club launch, but it's, I don't know. I, I don't know why, some guys get, get away with sort of being, we laugh at it, and some guys you don't, you go, oh my, that was bad. But, uh, but some of the European guys are actually quite funny. And then, as you said, there's no footage that I've seen of Rory 
getting rid of that three wood, but uh, he's got a new one that apparently worked quite well. It certainly worked quite well, and there was that European tour video, when you're feeling glum, yeah. raise your thumb. Right. So uh, that was a funny video that came out February or March, sometime around there, where Henrik Stenson was showing how to snap clubs over his knees. Uh, <laughs> they do some creative stuff, but uh, yeah, no shortage of weird and wacky in the world of golf. On the other side, we'll wrap up today's show. We'll update you with leaderboards around the world of golf, and we'll have a little preview of our TV show coming up this Wednesday. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cadillac. Springtime is a lot like a Cadillac, spirited, vibrant, and you definitely know when it arrives. Put a little spring in your drive with the Cadillac XT4, XT5, or XT6. Visit Cadillac.ca. Your Cadillac is waiting. Cadillac, never stop arriving. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new ZG21. Lightweight with zero compromise. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks here in studio on TSN 1050 as well on TSN 2. Let's get to some leaderboard updates. It was a very busy week in the world of golf. Leaderboard updates are brought to you by Bushnell Golf, the number one rangefinder in golf. Bob, lead us away. All right, Euro Tour. The Euro Tour was playing the Omega European Masters, once won by Jerry Anderson, Canadian. Hmm. Uh, Rasmus Yogard won with a 13 under par score. That's his third win of the year. Second, Bern Wiesberger. Third, Henrik Stenson. Guys, we oh. were talking about maybe trying to make a little rally. There was only one Canadian in the field, and that was Eric Cockrell, and he uh, unfortunately missed the cut on the number. Uh, there's also action on the LPGA Tour, although it's the senior version. They had Aww. a senior uh, LPGA championship. Trish Johnson won at seven under par, beating Becky Morgan by a shot. There was just one Canadian in the field, and that was Gail Graham, and she missed the cut. And there is also more news on the PGA Tour. Of course, we saw that uh, already, but I'll read you the scores. Yeah. It was uh, Patrick Cantlay taking the playoff over Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, some other guys in the hunt a little ways back, though. Sung Im finished third at 23 under, four shots off. Rory McIlroy was at 22 under the Canadian contingent. Corey Connors finished tied for 22nd at 14 under. And Mackenzie Hughes, of course, there was no cut in this, tied for 52nd uh, at five under par. On to the McKenzie Tour, Michael Blair, the winner of the Prince Edward Island Open. Of course, he joined us earlier in the show, and they get underway for their next tournament. Gets underway tomorrow, actually, so a quick turnaround for those on the McKenzie Tour. Another winner for Team Canada on a professional tour. Adam Svensson gets it done. Win number two of the season on the Corn Ferry Tour at the Nationwide Children's Hospital Championship. Next up, the Corn Ferry Tour Championship, where Svensson can get to number one. And there's a lot that comes with that. PJ Tour champions, the Ally Championship, which Joe Durant took by one. Bernhard Langer came in second, and he accomplished something that's very rare, I guess, in the world of golf. And he shot his age on his 64th birthday. The man, the myth, the legend fired an eight under 64. Pretty impressive stuff. That's very impressive. I mean, usually when you hear guys shooting their age, they're in their 70s or 80s, not in their 60s. 64 mm -hmm. is a pretty good. I wonder what the lowest 
of someone ever shooting their their age would be. I wonder if a 59-year-old's ever shot 59. Yeah, they Probably <laughs> not. I'm going to say that. Mike Weir, we should mention as well, a T10 finish. A great start for Mike Weir on PGA Tour Champions. The win earlier this year as well. So a great year for Mike Weir. We have to mention as well, Solheim Cup this weekend. Yeah. Which... We, we spoke at length about on last week's show when the teams were officially announced, and we saw some great drama at the last Solheim Cup. This is uh, also must-see TV uh, for some of the best on the LPGA Tour and Europeans and Americans. There's been some nastiness at that one, too, over the oh, years. Yeah. So it, there's been some, uh, you know, there's no, no love loss between the two teams once they get out there and put the colors on. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how, we, uh, how we make do this time around. Now, of course, here on Golf Talk Canada, we have 20 weeks of TaylorMade, which is now... Uh, behind us, Nick from Bowmanville took home the grand prize. His fitting is sometime very soon. But we also had a tailor-made event last week. And this is something that I, I had written down, but I forgot to mention <laughs> that week so, or uh, last week. So um, you were interviewed by, first up, dr- driving in to that tailor-made event. And they asked you, of anyone in the TSN building, who do you want to be partners with? <laughs> and someone, I, I didn't hear this interview live. I was at my golf course, and a member came up to me and said, hey, did you hear what Bob Weeks said about you? I said, no, I didn't. I was kind of scared when he said that. And you picked me. Of course. They said, who would you like as your partner? Yeah. Well, you're a good, you're a good player. And I saw that uh, that little uh, the thing you sent me the other day with your numbers off the track, man, or whatever it was, the 312 yards you carried your ball or something, and it bounced another 30 yards. I don't know what it was, but it's a lot longer than I hit the ball, I'll tell you that. Well, you know what? So I decided, I tweeted Phil Mickelson. I said, you know what, Phil? <laughs> I'm trying to hit bombs here. I don't quite have your level of uh, hitting bombs. He didn't reply to me. So, uh, but I'm going to keep trying to tweet Phil Mickelson because, you, you know, we hit 175 ball speed, Oof. which uh, Massive. Yeah, I'm a little sore today after golfing two straight days. But, no, I appreciate the kind words. Oh, of course. Well, And, uh, and the other thing I said there, uh, Mark Rowe said, uh, how come he and, and uh, Carlo Koliakovo didn't get invited? And I said because there was a, draw, there was a choice between those two or Lindsay and Kara. And Lindsay and Kara are better golfers. Well, they won. <laughs> exactly the, right. The net 61. <laughs> so a bit of handicap uh, questioning here on maybe, you know, the net 61. But, hey, a win is a win for Lindsay and Kara. It was a great event. Uh, Mr. Butcher is another proud sponsor here on Golf Talk Canada. We have our grand prize giveaway for anyone who won throughout the year. You'll be in a draw to win a barbecue for your, you and your nine other best friends uh, hosted by us and Mr. Butcher. Did you have any Mr. Butcher products over the weekend? We did. Uh, we had some scallops that, uh, that okay. we had from, from Mr. Butcher. I think, and I think we got one coming up tonight. I think there might be lamb tonight. So we'll okay. see. Mr. Butcher is, uh, stocks the freezer up pretty good. And uh, it's the, the, I find the prices and the quality excellent. Yeah, it's delicious stuff. I, I love eating their, their product and looking forward to the next time I get to, to dabble in some Mr. Butcher yeah. uh, stuff, product. Um, this Wednesday is our last regular season TV show. Okay. Uh, coming up after, uh, so this, we've been on, we're on TV every Wednesday. We have been for the last 26 weeks, I think now. And starting in October, we have monthly specials. So one show in October, which is going to be some sort of equipment special with our friends from TaylorMade. In November, we're going to feature some of Canada's best players. And we'll hear from them. We'll discuss their seasons. Maybe we'll have some essays. Maybe we'll have some TSN Edge content looking ahead to their next season. And then, of course, in December, year in review, the year that was, the super season that was in the PGA Tour, we'll recap the Olympics. We'll have the sound bites of the year. We'll have winners weird and what of the year. And then, of course, our favorite show of the year, Best of a Special, <laughs> which uh, I can't wait. We'll all be here in studio 
Can't have the live studio audience. No. Maybe in 2022 we'll have the live studio audience. Uh, it's always a fun way to finish things off, and uh, it's good to hear from all so many different people who have been involved with the show, whether they be PGA Tour or LPGA Tour players or uh, regular guests that we have on here, all giving us their feats of strength and uh, the airing of the, the airing of the grievances. Thank you very much for that one. So that's uh, that's always a fun one to do. But it has been a long season, and like like Rory McIlroy, you know, I think some of us are a little burned out. Yeah, too. it's been Lit- a long year. Little burnt out for sure. But it's it's been a great summer of golf, and we'll have a full preview of the Tour Championship this Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern on TSN2. But let's say you're working. Let's say you're out and about. We're also on at 11 p.m. Eastern on TSN2 as well on Wednesday. So catch us there. We'll also make our TSN Edge picks for the Tour Championship. It'll be difficult with those strokes. It's really, you mentioned the odds. The odds are already quite skewed, and I'm looking forward to seeing who we all pick. I'm not picking Cantley. I'm in dead last <laughs> right oh, now. Okay. I, I need to make a bit of a move here, so uh, let's, let's hope for some guys who uh, can hopefully make a bit of a move for me. <laughs> but TSN 2, 1 p.m. Eastern, we'll have a full preview of the season's final tournament for the PGA Tour. And of course, next PGA Tour season is just a few weeks away as well. So they get a brief break, but then they're right back at Bob. Thank you for today. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Uh, thanks, Mark Sacchino, for joining us. Uh, Michael Blair for joining us as well. It's been another fun show. We'll see you Wednesday on TSN 2 at 1 p.m. Eastern. Thanks much for listening to us. Thanks much for watching us on TSN 2. And remember, the first good decision on the golf course always starts in the closet. We'll see you next time. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new ZG21. Lightweight with zero compromise. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network.